Hi, I'm Chris Reid, Managing Director and CEO of ASX 300 listed company, Lear Metals. Uh, Chris, good to see you. Uh, last chance to see you. Uh, spoke back in August. Um, let's, let's start with the positives. Always, always good things to do. Lithium. Um, we've got more lithium. Yeah, look, you know, I, I think it's it's fair to say that, you know, over the last couple of years, we we moved to the other end of the, the lithium supply chain with the lithium-ion battery recycling that's going really, really well. Um, you know, we've got a downstream lithium chemical uh, technology that we own, 7030 with MinRes. We haven't had an upstream lithium asset for a while. And, uh, you know, we were alerted by actions of our neighbours that, uh, you know, a legacy nickel project uh, indeed had some potential for for lithium. And uh, I think we probably made the cheapest lithium discovery ever. You know, we basically mined the database, went back and discovered sort of 20 pegmatites, no lithium assays at all, got the boys to go out and get 11 of the 29 historic holes. That's all that exists because it started back in the in the 70s. And, um, you know, we discovered spodumene in the core. They confirmed it with a black light. We've now cut it and put it in for assay. But, um, yeah, now we've got uh, a lithium project on the Mount Ida Fault that holds a number of prolific deposits, lots of action. Um, so, yeah, look, I feel like a kid in a, a lolly shop. Well, you would do, because I think um, lithium pegmatizers seems to be the, the catchphrase of the of the summer. Lots of companies kind of um, diving into that and benefiting from that. But you're going to have to work out how you, you monet- well, value that, monetize that, and actually then go and try and fund the development of that, of that um, asset. So... How are you coming out of this? Early days, but you've got a ton of historic data. So what do you do? Yeah, well, look, you know, we're, we're at the fortunate position, you know, the, the geology and the emplacement of the pegmatites is analogous to, to Mount Marion. So, you know, host granites, uh, cross-cutting pegmatite, uh, sorry, proterozoic dikes across a, a greenstone belt, and then the pegmatites come up as an intrusions. Um you know, it, we have north of so there's a there's a, a dike that sort of cuts the tenement the the uh, the geology sort of halfway north of that we've got multiple intersections in diamond core uh, south of that there's absolutely no drilling but more than two kilometres of map pegmatites so you know for us um, you know we have to go back through fifty years of, of data. Um, you know, build a multi-layer digital database, have a look spatially, you know, where the spodumene is, um, you know, which which of the two potential deposits at, uh, in terms of uh, granites that the pegmatites have come from. We're pretty confident that we've got one uh, and essentially run the same sort of algorithm that we used for lithium exploration in a previous life um, that resulted in, you know, taking Mount Marion from, from, from a prospect through to the world's second largest uh, hard rock lithium producer. Right. Obviously, that worked out well for you um, previously with Matt Marion. Um, yeah. In the context of, you know, what you've been doing recently in terms of spin out of the nickel, um, in the context of actually, you know, trying to, in terms of first mover advantage in things like lithium, which is just getting, I think the market's getting fairly swamped here. How do you play this one in terms of the funding component? Develop it yourself? Or spin it out. Oh, look, you know, you, you, you're a long way there. In terms of trying to quantify the value, um, you know, that, that, that'll that take us at, at least six months to a year to get a handle on how big this could be. 
in terms of the tenement size, it's 55 square kilometres of tenure, eight kilometres of, of strike of the greenstone package sandwiched between the two, the two granites. Um, you know, it's the tenement size is five times that amount, Marion, and, and, and multiples of the strike length, right? And it's really about, you know, south you've got it outcropping, but you haven't got any drill intersections because there's no drill holes. And then north you've got drill holes, but it doesn't outcrop at the surface. So you'll have quite a lot of desk data mining over the next couple of months uh, as we prepare to probably go in with geochemistry to identify, you know, what what will be lots of targets. I mean, there's 13 pegmatite bodies that have been identified. In, in terms of where you would drill it, I think you probably drill it eventually uh, south of the dike where it, where it uh, where it, it's at the surface, and you go down. So you'll add the most amount of tons um, quickly. It's uh, I mean, it's not going to be a massive spend for us. We we're we're, we're pretty thrifty. In terms of our main focus, it, it is the battery recycling plant or battery recycling business. You know, Prime Mobius currently, you know, we've mobilised to site to build Mercedes-Benz, one of the marquee brand companies, a lithium battery recycling plant, right? And then we've got uh, a 10 times scale up that we're looking at with Steel Company of Canada. So it's it's no change from the core business, um, you know, in, in terms of... Um, you know the Barambi project and the Vanadium recovery project. Some of those, some of the geological team and and the executives, who you know, one developed Wajina as the world's biggest uh, tantalum mine before it was lithium. You know, they're they're still resident in the company, right? So we've just switched some of the resources um, to focus onto this. So, yeah, well, well, sorry, let me just stick with this because I think it's really really important that we investors understand the the thinking. Um, the strategy and the, the plan, and you know, make sure there is there there is one which is, is is comprehensible to us. So, just sticking with lithium for now is, given again what you learned about Marion, it was a different time in terms of lithium's um, you know migration to where it is is today in terms of valuations that we're seeing around the world, right? So it w- it was early. Do you? I mean, do you think you got a good price back then? You know, you know, could you have held on to it? Um, and sort of benefited from what you see today. Obviously, fortune telling is, is a great skill. Uh, I'm sure you've got it in the locker somewhere, but it, does it affect the way that you think about the value of what you're talking about now with these lithium pegmatites? And um, yeah, yeah, well, look, it, it does. I mean, you you have a look at um, you know what's what's happening, re- you know, in terms of in the, the spodumene world in Western Australia, and there are some fantastic valuations sitting on. Uh, undeveloped resources, right? And they're not even some of them just haven't made a resource yet, but 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 have values in the billions. And I think you know, in terms of what's happening in the lithium world, I'm pretty confident we're bumping along the bottom of the lithium chemical price. I mean, we always have had a very very strong correlation with the lithium price. It's about 0.8 correlation, right? So you know, our shares unfortunately have been down more than 70 percent. In the last 12 months, the lithium price is down 70% from October last year, right? So it's 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 largely sentiment-driven. And look, you know, we're no lone soldier. All of our peers, um, you know, have, have had similar, um, you know, declines in their values. So the Spodgermane guides really, really haven't. 
and and I think that's because China, as the largest market and the largest growth going forward, and the fact that the Chinese penetration of EVs in the West is much higher than we forecast, we know that they're more likely to be successful in the lower end car market than perhaps the Western car makers might be. I mean, the CEO of Volkswagen said the Chinese EV makers are an existential threat to some of their brands, presumably not the top brands. So, you know, if if China, and I believe they will be successful in mass penetration of, of lower lower priced EVs, you know that the majority of the lithium is going to come from spodumene because that's where it's come from historically, right? They're the world's biggest converters of spodumene, particularly from Australia, right? And, and the brine developers and brine producers have not been able to add anywhere near the, the LCE tons than the spodumene guys have done. You know, you've, you've seen green bushes expand, you've seen Pilbara expand, Mount Marion expand, Wajina. Um, then you've got, you know, Earl Grey, Kathleen Valley, really rig- big deposits um, have come online. Like if you didn't have Australia, I don't know what the lithium price, the lithium price would be 100000 bucks a tonne. Right? So I think, you know, when I see the billionaires in Australia paying for these assets, the Chinese aren't able to bid for the assets for the listed spodumene developers, you know, because they have to go through FERB or the Foreign Investment Review Board. But, you know, I bet you they'd be licking their lips thinking, geez, I wish we, you know, were able to, uh, but they can't. You, you've got historic data. You said, I think you said at the beginning you didn't necessarily recognise it was a lithium pegmatite opportunity um, with this historic data when you started looking at it. When? I mean, when When did you know what you had? We bought it in 2018. Right. Okay. So you've had a lot, lot of time to look at it, haven't you? Yeah. But, look, you know, we've, we've found, you know, undigitized maps from 1970 in places that we would never have looked for when looking at nickel. You know, we very well could have, you know, without some of our neighbors' activity, it may have gone through unnoticed. Right. Okay. And so who's that? You've referenced them twice. Uh, St. George have pegged all around us. But, you know, West Farmers have bought into Aurobanda. You've got Metalhawk on the same trend, Delta Lithium, Lion Town. Um, you know, having Spodumene in the Eastern Gulf is probably the best address to have it. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. And what happens with the nickel component? Is that just... That'll just sit there like it has for the last 50 years. Yeah. I mean, it was really a legacy asset for us. Right, okay. But, and I think there's others that I think um, would say, well, how, how convenient, what a distraction from... There's some of the other things that are going on out there in the marketplace, and I, I want to come back to that. But so let, let's let's still with it on battery recycling stuff where you wanted to go with with Mercedes, etc. So things are continuing to move. There's, there's no red flags we need to be looking at. Yeah, look, absolutely. You know, we we recently announced that we've reduced battery grade nickel sulfate. That's the the second largest um, product out of the battery recycling plant. Um, the only one that's outstanding is the cobalt sulfate, the lithium, you know, we made lithium fluoride out of it. So, you know, the, the economics and how we sell these plants. And I mean, that is the difference in, in that we are selling plants under technology licensing agreements, right? We don't, we don't pay for the plants. The customers pay for the plants. So how do I sell them? I've got to sell them on the economics. One, they've got to get the materials back so that they don't have to buy it in the market. If they use our technologies, they get their materials back at the bottom end of the cost curve. They get it at the bottom end of the carbon footprint curve as well. That's that's what they want. They want to use the material to make new batteries, and you know that's 
what we enable them to do. I mean, that's our core focus. Our core focus is delivering the Mercedes-Benz plant. So starting installation this quarter, um, starting commissioning of the spoke mid-year, starting commissioning of the spoke in September for the for the hub and having it running at the end of 24. We will then move from 2,500 tonnes per annum for Mercedes-Benz to 21,000 tonnes per annum for the steel company of Canada. You know, that that is essentially product readiness. So line up and buy one and we've got a fantastic pipeline. Okay, so that's the, that's the kind of proof of concept and, you know, it's a fr- Fairly high standards, um, you know, from the from my recollection of the process that you've been through. But the audience, the audience out here, the investors out here are going to be going, "Show me the money." So when does that start to flow with cash? Yeah. So look, we do make some money on the plant supply agreements. We have a markup on them in terms of the royalties. So you know, for Steel Company of Canada, it's a ten percent gross sales royalty on eight products coming out of the plant. That'll follow in the second half of 2025 from black mass sales. From chemical sales, it'll increase markedly uh, in the dis- in the second half of 2026. So, you know, the idea is always the first plants, the hardest. I mean, we're, we're lucky in that Mercedes-Benz is essentially de-risking our technology. You know, they've got a 37 million euro government grant. Um, they've built a custom-made facility for us at, at uh, Kuppenheim in Germany. We've got a five-year R&D collaboration. We're going to co-own improvements. We can use it for anyone. There's no restriction. We can sell plants to other car makers. You know, at our Hilkenbach disposal service, we service all the German car makers and their supply chains. Be- between now and then, in terms of the not just the kind of, you know, um, I guess, sustaining capital between now and actually ramping up and flowing cash. Do you need to pump more money into that joint venture? Um, like, I'm sure with line of sight to you know, near-term revenue, it's not, not necessarily going to be expensive money even if you did, but what does that look like? Yeah, so look, we will need, to, we will need some money to bridge us through to that point. Um, you know, look, we've got a couple of quarters of cash as we put out in our – in our quarterly, you know, we're reducing our cash burn. Um, you know, some of we, we've got a few less staff than we than we had before. Obviously, with a couple of the projects slowing down, you know, they've finished a heavy spend. All the um, feasibility studies and that sort of they're not going forward in terms of development with partners. So they're now being put on a much a much more austere budget going forward. You know, I mean, you, you've you've got to cut your cloth in terms of what's core. It's the battery recycling. There's a small draw for the other projects. You know, I think we do have an investment portfolio, not as liquid as we can use it for treasury at the moment. Um, you know, we haven't raised money for more than ten years and given eighty-two million bucks back. Um, you know, it's 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 a case we will need money at some stage going forward. Okay. Okay. Fine. Um, but that's that's going forward into a revenue stream and in, in terms of of the business, and I think that's the bit that people have been looking forward to because it's it's hard to quantify otherwise. It's a very you know complex me- mechanism um, to actually quantify. I, I think one of the unusual and unique things about it is, you know, you're building a portfolio of low risk, um, low capital technology royalty, so you can multiply the opportunities. And so you're not restricted in, in one, you know, if you did it yourself, one plant, then you've got to raise money and get that running, and that has to ramp up. You have to try to recover the massive capital costs. You know, it looks good on an NPV, but on an ROI, it's not great. 
And so, you know, we're all trying to make the most amount of money in the shortest amount of time, right? So for, for, for companies, if you can make earnings, the highest PEs are achieved by royalty companies. So we've got one peer called Lithium Royalty Corp. They've got four operating base metal, uh, sorry, battery material royalties and about 12 or 13 other ones that aren't producing. Even in this market, they trade on a 69 PE, right? Because, um, you know, they're, they're, I mean, they're different. They're exposed to the battery materials. We think we should be able to get a premium on that because we're not subject like mines to CapEx and OpEx increases like they are. Um, you know, our plants for the last 25 plus years, you've got eight revenue streams. So you've got diversity there. They'll be with tier one customers that are producing cell scrap and having end of life all the time. I mean, you know, it's it's their quality. They're not one commodity, one mine, all of that sort of stuff. So, you know, for us, we're, we're firm believers that the royalties coming from the battery recycling, from the lithium technology, vanadium technology, um, you know, that, that will provide a superior return for our shareholders in the long run. You know, we haven't asked them for money for 10 years. In fact, we've returned money. Uh, we've invested money into uh, the business to develop those technologies to the point um, where, you know, we're not that far from cash flow and we've got a fantastic path. We've achieved partnerships with tier one parties, um, you know, so we're, we're, we're very, technically, we're very, very happy. And what we can control, uh, you know, we've been doing a good job on but obviously when you when you look to de-risk and bring in partners you can't always control your partners so you know with with our partners in the titanium the offtake terms were good but they wouldn't put up a prepayment or equity terms so you can't move ahead like i'm not going to i'm not going to bet the company's money on it in fact we were hoping that that would be a source of income immediately by selling them some equity um you know in terms of the 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 lithium um joint venture with uh, Bondelti or the COFO, the cooperation agreement where we're co-funding the pilot plant, they'd set up a new lithium SPV called Lithium uh, and, and we were negotiating back-to-back agreements. Unfortunately, we didn't get to match them up perfectly, um, but we're still committed to co-funding and we're doing the pilot and we put the results. The first half of the pilot and the technology works fantastic. The second half will work. We don't have to put our hand in our pocket till the end of March. Uh, and if we get past the next hurdle, you know, they they will be funding, you know, most of the costs. It's a, it's a very, very little. I mean, it's it's like a free call option for us, in essence. The vanadium technology, well, you know, we were we were looking at to 160 million euros and, and the markets just got worse. The prices have gone down. We got the debt, um, you know, approved by the management team at the EIB, that's going to the board. Um, you know, we've got to take a pay off tape with with um, Glencore for the end product. We had approvals in record time, a lease, uh, feedstock. Uh, and, you know, now what we're trying to do is help the PE fund and just say, well, look, you know, you if you take it, um, you know, we can license you the technology, you can buy the, the, um, the project company and uh, we'll just be have a contractual relationship. We just won't be partners. So, you know, it's, it's what you can control. We, we do well, but you can't always control what your partners do. So sometimes when you want to partner and take down the risk 
minimize and you know the the risk to the shareholders and maximize how far your money goes you do surrender a little bit of control okay okay so th- th- these are the harsh realities of business um we're speed dating and so you ch- so just want to be want to be clear is the vanadium the vanadium element is not dead in the water and as is there is there some gain it, it is I, i've got to say i think there's more technology licensing opportunities as i see it than the lithium chemicals the lithium chemicals is probably six to 12 months away from that you know uh obviously we're, we're at that stage with the battery recycling you know barambi is has been put on essentially you know the drip feed while we engage with some of our other interested parties it's a significant. It's it's still a um, a strategically significant resource. Yeah, but do do you, do you do that from a weakened position? Do you do that, or do you, do you think you still are in a position of strength? I mean, you have the asset, obviously, but I don't have a gun. I, I don't have a gun against my head for it. But you said the clue there was Chris uh, earlier. You said you know, you know effectively you know time is money. You want to do, you want to return on uh, investment at the quickest time possible because that that def- that defines your, your your the value right. So. Do you, do you feel is it going to get your head in terms of time pressure, not necessarily who, um, but you know how much you get, and they're still in play, right? Well, not 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 for that project. I don't think you throw out projects. You know, where are we in the cycle? We're certainly closer, if not at the bottom, than we are to to the top, right? The the holding costs are, are very very manageable. We've got good interest from other parties. We're just not going out and finishing a feasibility study, right? We were flat out doing all the test work uh, ahead of a feasibility study. But, you know, at, at the end of September, start of October, we, we basically said, well, if, if you're not going to buy equity or put in a substantial prepayment to bring the project through the feasibility study, you know, we've got to down tools. I mean, we we are rational people. Okay, so let's say, but business and stuff, and there's the harsh realities of negotiating um, deals, and you're not going to get into. Bed. I, I don't know where I'm going with this speed dating and getting into bed with people, but yeah, uh, <laughs> you, you, I think there's something in there. Yeah, I'm I, not yeah, uh, so careful what phrase I, I use next. I'm, I'm not a psychologist, right? <laughs> right. Okay. So the things you're in control of, you can be in control of, and you're not going to be rushed into this, and not necessarily under any financial pressure either disappointing time in a, in a disappointing and, 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 t- and tough market but um the the blue skies come come from where what, what, what do we have to look forward to and in terms of what you can control how do we drive the share price up yeah look it'll, it'll be sticking to the the timetable for uh mercedes-benz so essentially you know 2024 you de-risk it and in 2025 you deliver it to the world you know at scale and then you know probably in 28 we'll go to the next level so you know we're going we're going the mercedes plants a factor of 10 scale up then we go up by a factor of about 8 then we'll go up by a factor of 10 to get up to our target of 200,000 tons per annum in terms of plant size you know by that stage the market will be you know 10 to 20 million tons per annum of cells I mean, we have a look at it. I mean, you can't ring up Glencore and Umacore and these sort of guys and they'll sell you a plant. They're in recycling because they need the feedstocks, right? And and they need to have recycled material um, and they need to have security of supply. Um, whereas our, our model is, you know, we, we want to sell plants and supply plants to the people that need them. The car makers are going to need them. The cell makers are going to need them. And, and merchant recyclers are going to need them. 
right? And and there's you have a different level of um, of proof. So you know we've got the flow sheet, we've got half the business with with SMS, but SMS have, are, are building the plants under contract to to Prime Mobius. They're a 150 year old German plant builder. The plants, you know, we've got to hit KPIs, throughput guarantees, warranties, all of this sort of stuff. It's a different level when you're looking to sell plants as opposed to, oh, I've got a flow sheet and I'm going to get an EPCM engineer to build it. He's not giving me a fixed price. It could, you know, how long's a piece of string? It might take me years. High inflation. Like we're supplying plants to Mercedes-Benz under fixed price contracts. You know, the level of, of, of risk assessment and certainty that you must go through, the diligence between that and trying to do it as owner-builder, uh uh, chalk and cheese, right? Miles apart. So, you know, the the product that we've got is leading. No, I hear you. Um, and then with with regards to, so I forgot to really sort of talk about um, Ely. Uh, I mean, what, what's happening there with with the lithium chemicals? Yeah, in, in in the sense of where's the upside? So the upside there is commercialising the technology in in like a real plant, right? Run 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 by one of Portugal's largest companies that has Portugal's largest chemical producer in the group and a dedicated lithium business, right? So, you know, when when you develop technologies like this, you normally have to put your money into the first plant, right? Our technologies, and we've spent money on them and we've got them to the state, and our partners are that confident that Mercedes is paying for the de-risking and, and operating at, 2,500 tons per annum, right, In for the battery recycling. You've got the Portuguese for Eli. Um, for the Vanadium project, we were looking to do it and, and bring in a big PE fund to, to and, and we were going to water down. Now, we're just trying to do it by technology licensing and, and selling them the project SPV. Certainly, that's my wish. Um and so, you know, we may be in a unique position where we're able to commercialize technologies without having to put any material money into the first commercial plant. That's a testament to the technology and the tier one partners. It's a case of needing to be agile or adaptable to market conditions. And there's, there's still some upside there. I, as far as you're concerned. Look, we could, we could all, in a different market, when capital's much cheaper and freely available, we can deploy it as principal or in joint ventures. If you have the balance sheet, you, could, you can take on more risk by doing it yourself, right? But, you know, in this current market, you know, the low capex, low risk method is just to license the technology, don't put in capital, actually make money on someone else's capital spend when they buy the plant, and then charge them revenue link royalties. So minimize your cost base. That's that's the strategy. I'm glad, glad you went there because I, I think the next question was going to be about, like in 2020, we all looked like geniuses. Um, the CEOs looked like geniuses because the market was doing the heavy lifting for them. The investors looked really smart because the market was doing the heavy lifting for them. But in, in moments like this where capital is tight, it's expensive if you can get it at, at, at all. Yeah, you, you, you know, it's, it's a it's a different environment in which to operate. Do you, looking back, think that you took on too many projects? You had a lot of moving parts, a lot of revenue opportunities, but a lot of you know liabilities in terms of time, money, and effort. So, it, 
if you had your time again, would you would you go go out the same way? Where we are at the moment is is you know in a fantastic position, right? You the the technologies that we've developed give the shareholders exposure to royalties on five of the top six most positively impacted commodities as forecast by the World Bank out to 2050. The only thing I don't have is a technology in indium. I'm not even quite sure what indium is used for other than it's pretty rare and I believe it's in phones, right, to, to, to make the screen red or something like that. But, you know, what we've got and, and you know, we, we use the shareholders' funds to do that, you know, in, in, a, in a different market. You know, last year we had a market cap of one point one billion, right? So I think that was a pretty wise move for for you know a good an endorsement of what we did. Obviously, the the market got ahead of itself. I mean, we were pre revenue and no order book. Now we've got revenue and a growing order book. You know, it seems counterintuitive, and what's changed is the commodity price that we're in. The battery materials prices are down seventy percent. Right, you cannot swim against the tide. Like if you took the gold price down seventy percent, you'd take out seventy percent of the gold miners. So what have they done wrong? Well, they've you know they've got their assets, they've got them under control, they've got them in production. But if the if the commodity prices go back seventy percent, what does that do to the valuations? It's, I mean, it's just logic. It's unfortunate for the shareholders, right? And and you know, believe me, <laughs> I'm. A shareholder and a significant part of my wealth in it, but this you can't fight that, right? Like I said, for lithium and it's bouncing along the bottom. We've got great confidence that mid next year we'll see a materially increased lithium price. So for us, it's it's still around the low risk, low capital business model. That's why we got into the licensing models. 